Hi, everybody, and welcome to this, the 24th edition of the Modern Workers Association online discussion about all things woodworking. Today, because we're recording the day before Valentine's Day, it's the special love edition of the Modern Workers Association. I'm trying my best to do a good Barry White impersonation. I don't know if I'm succeeding. But I am Tom Iovino of Tom'sWorkbench.com, and I'll be your host for this evening's frivolity and festivities. Remember, you can learn more about us and check out audio and video of this previous podcast at the Modern Workers Association.com. Follow the MDA, MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national and circle the Modern Workers Association on Google+. Plus. Joining me today from the love capital of the Southeast... <laughs> <laughs> home of the Turner Broadcasting and the birthplace of the Modern Workers Association. It is Chris Atkins from High Rock Woodley. Welcome, Chris. How you doing? No, how you doing? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Tom, I, I really today. have no idea how to respond to this. Don't worry, nobody does. <laughs> I'm figuring the three listeners we had probably already switched off. They, they've, they've already cut this off and uh, we are alone now. <laughs> that's that's what that's the way we want it. Love edition of the Modern Rooms Association podcast. Hey, here's a good question. Have you built what's the let me surprise you out of the bag? Have you built anything special for your special someone ever? Shop has been collecting dust and not sawed not the good kind the wrong kind of, of dust. So. Eh. Have you ever built anything special for the special lady of your life for Valentine's Day? <laughs> I don't think you're I a, have. Dude, you're a loser. <laughs> Come to think of it. Maybe I better right. get started tonight. Maybe, maybe next, maybe next uh, year we'll have the second edition of the special love edition of the Modern Workers Association podcast. You get off your butt and do something. And from lovely, lovely Long Island, New York. Yes, folks, that's how you pronounce it. Long Island. Is the Ami Pilatki of the penultimate woodshop.com. What do you say, Diami? I understand you weren't really working in your wood shop this uh, this week. You were shoveling like 37 inches of snow. Well, yeah. I started the weekend by, by shoveling for five hours on Saturday. Nice. And uh, But I did finish the weekend by taking Monday off and working in my dad's shop. So that was kind of nice. Okay, that doesn't Got to play now, with an actual ask... cabinet saw. And... Nice. So let me ask you, have you ever built a special something for that special lady in your life. I have, but frankly, we were probably in high school last time I did, so I, I should probably get back on Loser. that. Loser. And you, Tom, have you built something for your dear? I have built two special things for my special lady in my life. I built a special little ottoman tray she wanted for the little ottoman we have in the back. It's a nice little sloped side tray. And then I built a special heart-shaped jewelry box for her. Yeah, baby. I was making the woodwork and work for me. <laughs> That's my problem is I haven't been making it work for me. See, Damn it, i got to change that. And then when Valentine's Day comes and you present that special someone in your life with a special gift, then the next time you go out and buy something big, she goes, but you built something for me on Valentine's Day. How sweet. And then you're all good. I just figured she'd say, oh, thank God. It's finished and it's on time. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> you might as well start now for next year, guys. Just remember a little, little subtle hint. And uh, it looks like the gang's all here. And now this month, this special edition of Love for the Modern Brookers Association, here's what we're talking about. And let's talk a little bit about oh, what we've got going on in our shops, what's going on at our benches. And right now I've got a mess on my bench. Um, I've been trying to do an inlay project. It, it, I, I, don't, I don't know what my problem is. I have problems with the cutting out the inlay piece. Um, the inlay template I'm using is a little narrow, so I'm trying to keep the router solid on it. I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle. Um, but I did last weekend go to Infinity uh, Cutting Tools. They had their first router class. How was it? Get the handle, it was, it was mind-blowing. It was, it was really impressive because there's a lot of things I didn't know about the router, that, that um, you know, things like uh, different kind of jewelry skills, um, you know, setting hinge mortises and things like that. Just really, it was it was a very useful uh, class. And, and I think the next class is going to be a joinery class. Yeah, okay, so all the different things you can do with your router for joinery, cutting mortises and tenons and all that other business. So there's a lot to learn. And uh, we, we spent about, um, uh, we spent a good uh, four hours on Saturday learning a lot of this stuff. And I, there I got to use that really small compact DeWalt 
Oh, it's oh, fantastic, no. isn't it? Oh, I'm gonna, I gotta buy one. I it's, mean, I, it was, I love it. Was, it's the most used router in my shop. And and you know, with the small templates I'm using for this for this little kit that I'm using, it would be a godsend because it doesn't have the larger base. It's got a much smaller base. Right. And, and, um, and since I'm using a quarter inch shank bit anyway to make the one eighth inch, um, with the one eighth inch up, uh, down spiral, it, it's perfect for that. So I, I'm really thinking about. If I could suggest, it. Tom, uh, when you get it. On Amazon, you can pick up the dust shrouds for it. They're a couple bucks a piece. It's they're not very expensive, and it makes all the difference. With with the dust shrouds, I find that that thing has better dust collection than my Festool router. And I will tell you this: the other thing that really sold me on it, the LED lighting. Oh my God, yeah! And the clear base with the LED lighting, you can see what you're doing. It's it's just it's amazing. It, 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 I didn't realize you could do that. I thought it had to all be with the force. That's mm, that's the really well. That's why I'm not liking the Festool routers anymore because you're routing blind. You got that solid base with no light. You can't see anything. I'm I'm trying to slowly switch to all routers with lights and clear bases. I just got the the Bosch two and a quarter horse, mm -hmm. uh, their new one, and it's got LEDs and a clear base. Um, so it's the same kind of thing on a bigger scale. And what a difference that makes. If you can see what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 a completely mind-altering experience. Suddenly, it goes from being very difficult to like, wow, that wasn't that hard at all. So, I have a feeling that I'm going to be looking on Amazon trying to find the uh, find that router for what what I need to do, and that I think that's going to help with this uh, with this inlay problem I'm having. So, we'll see. Um, what what else is going on in uh in in Atlanta there, Chris? What what else is going on besides trying to impress the lady of your life? Um, not a lot. I've got a few small projects that uh, I need to get started on, and I can't decide which one to start on first. And I kind of need to. Uh, well, actually, I, well, actually, you know what I did do is, is last week. Um, I finally went out, and there was just some miscellaneous things that were in the house that needed to go out, and plus some things in the shop that I just needed to get out of there. So went and uh, got a storage so that the last things that were in the way in my shop are now in a storage and not in the shop anymore. So, uh, you know, space so management, cleans some things up. Space management is a really big deal. It, it's, yeah. you know, the, the biggest, the biggest used tool in your shop is space. Yeah. It's, I was actually, I was up on, uh, one of my job sites today and, and, and the guy, the guy that's up running the site, he, uh, he says, Hey, we got some, uh, some, some clear Southern yellow pine out there. You want to bring that back? And I'm like, do you know how much wood I have in my shop? <laughs> I put it on a trailer and send it down to me. Yeah, really, I can't I'll get that stuff you. here. So you selfish bastard, not even taking it. He's gonna turn his back on that, Diamia. I don't know. Uh, we we have too much of that here. Well, I, I get it in Florida. Anything bigger than a two by six is SYP. Yeah. And can't... actually, the edges of my workbench and the base is all built out of it too. But it, it's good stuff. It's a, I've actually it's a, got a, a lamb. Um, I've got a laminate bean. I think that one's 17 inches by, I think it's five and a half inches thick. Maybe. That's a, it's a nice piece. I'm going to probably use it for a small, just kind of a small bench down, uh, down one wall that I've got because it'll keep me access to the wall and stuff on it. Mm -hmm. Not getting away, mm -hmm. but um, still give me a place to put some stuff on. So I have to be said about that. Mm -hmm. So yes, Diamond, I'm not doing much of anything right now. Tell me, what's going on in your shop besides you storing the snow shovel? <laughs> now, the snow, snow shovel lives on the front porch. I will not give oh. it any shop space. This is what I got going out. on in the shop. This is my uh, my ghetto work center. Um, it looks like R two D two. I think it it's is. Been. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, what it is—a simple tray that fits and locks on top of. A sustainer because every time I use my track saw, I would put it on the sustainer, and I was always afraid I would trip over the vacuum hose and pull it down and, and knock it out of alignment. So I made this tray, and then I was like, well, I could build a boom that hangs on the tray. So I built the boom arm, and then I figured I could hang my sanders there too. So it just keeps growing. I think that's where it's going to stop now. But no, um, keep going. Just, just yeah. keep going. In two weeks, we'll have that thing Frankensteined <laughs> all the way up. I'm going to yeah, actually hang my table saw off the other side of it. Why not? At this point, why not? Awesome. That's what I've been doing in my own shop. Uh, over this past weekend, I was lucky enough to sneak up to my dad's, and it really wasn't all that exciting. I I uh, I cut the drawer bottoms for 40 drawers and then built a clamp rack. But it was just so nice to use a real cabinet saw that didn't blow a fuse every time I pushed wood through it. 
So have you had that, that was electrical a special thing worked out yet in your shop? I mean, have you? I just need to stuff? hook it up. Like I, no, I haven't sorted it out yet. Um, you got like 130 I, circuits you're going to put in that shop of yours. I mean, I think yeah, it, it's it's going to be awesome, but right now like, it, yeah. it just still completely sucks. Make the um, connection. The, Make the connection. This is the so, the clamp rack I built. Okay, don't build the clamp rack. Connect the well, wires. I was at my dad's shop, so I'm not, oh, I'm not wiring my shop when I'm at his place. Go back and to the penultimate workshop and make the connection, okay? Make the love connection. <laughs> That's yeah, it. I don't love my shop enough. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. Okay, we're going uh, way far afield. Um, oh, what about things that have been piquing your interest on the blog? And we understand that there's a Dave Henneken. Is that I'm pronouncing it correctly? I'm going to say you are because I'm really not sure. But uh, the Dave Hennekin is on Long Island, and he is the most active member of the Long Island chapter, and I am a terrible chapter head and have not yet gotten together with him. But he's over at woodkaiser.blogspot.com. There's a blog mm-hmm. about uh, the stuff he makes. and I, I know he's built a bench for his kids. I don't know if his kids work with him or not, but uh, anyway, he's got some kids. And his latest post, it's a little bit old. It's from uh, November 9th, but he made this live-edge bathroom vanity and a bench for the bathroom, and it's one of those bathroom sinks where it's like a bowl that fits on on a, on something, and it fits on this live edge slab, it's and then he's got a bench along the side that's a live edge, and it was just it's a it's a really neat piece. So I thought that was well worth taking a look at. Um, in fact, here I will screen share it for those who are watching. You can see that nice live edge behind the sink, um, and the the bench along the wall. Mm-hmm. So it's just there was a really interesting use of of a neat figured wood in a bathroom. So what does he what does he have on that? Is it is it like a like a concrete countertop or a sink? No, it's, it's um. Tell by the... yeah, I think the sink actually stands kind of in front of it. Oh, I see now. Yeah, I it's think got like a round. Yeah. Oh, I see. I was looking at. Yeah, it's almost like a pedestal sink. It's like it's, a round it's... pedestal, right? And then it's this weird faucet that comes his... out of the front of the live edge. It's interesting. Nice. Huh. I'm not uh, sure what yeah, you do with that much counter space behind the sink, but it's mm-hmm. a bathroom, so I'm sure it'll get used. You know, you put your shaving cream up there, you put your razor up there, all that other business. So yeah, yeah, you know, well, look at the, running... the grain in that counter is just beautiful. Yeah, baby, it's a beautiful sink. Hey, I don't want to break my arm, and pat myself on the back, by the way, and I and I have to throw out a couple of kudos, um, a bunch of kudos to the entire online woodworking community, including our friends at Wooden Magazine, Popular Woodworking Magazine, and Fine Woodworking Magazine. Um, Last week, we wrapped up Get Woodworking Week, and boy, howdy, um, did we have some interest. Um, All all the, the, every, I mean, it was a group effort uh, across uh, so many um, woodworking blogs and magazines, and there were companies involved with it, and, you know, people were just, the, the outpouring of uh, support for it was was incredible. We had um, I had my busiest day in a blog ever on on last Wednesday. Um, you know, had about almost sixteen hundred people in one day stop by the wow. blog, which is impressive. Wow. And um, but it it was it was a great effort. I mean, every article that was written and submitted was just dynamite. I mean, there were some really impressive things out there. Things I didn't even think about for a woodworker to consider. Um, Do you know how many articles and stuff were contributed to that? Um, I have to go count, but I think we're definitely in the neighborhood of like seventy or. Somewhere I mean, it seemed like there was just a slew of stuff that just came out the entire week of just, you know, everybody. I, I noticed a, a few. I mean, I was slacking and, you know, got one out. But there was a few people that I saw coming out other than, than yourself uh, that were just every day almost seemed like they were they were posting another article for it. So. You know, and, and I got to tell you, I mean, you know, the articles are great. And there was this one uh, campaign that they were doing at Wood Magazine. It was uh, they had a picture of a free project they were given. Mm-hmm. And they had instructions on it. And, you know, the first one is display this on your page. And it said, do you like this project? I'm a woodworker. Ask me how I can help you build it. And it was so mm-hmm. cool because, you know, I was sharing those. And people were like, man, will you build that for me? I said, I can't build it for you. You're going to have to come over to my shop and build it. <laughs> and I'll help you. And that, you know, that's, I mean, that's the kind of way we're going to get, we're going to get things out there. And I right. really have to throw a lot of, a lot of thanks to um, Highland Woodworking. Um, to Infinity Cutting Tools, to Bessie Clamps, and to um, and to uh, Bora Tools, who donated items to give away to brand new woodworkers. 
and um, we had a lot of submissions from people who had, you know, in the past year had started woodworking. And um, the guy, the little guy, nine years old, a uh, kid who won the uh, Bora marking gauges and uh, squares, and this Adam, we, uh, I can't remember his last name, but uh, but a little nine-year-old kid who had made all these little cool things. He made a little sword. He made a little sign for his mom. And that's and, cool. Um, it, it it was great. I mean, his dad's a woodworker. He just decided he was going to get involved in it, and he came out, and it was. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I really like to see. I mean, you know, there's a kid who's probably never going to sit in a shop class in his life, but he's getting some woodworking instruction, and that's where it all begins. And that's you get that lifelong love of it that way. So <laughs> definitely way to do it. No, and 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 I will say, and this is once we bring on our guest of the week here, I'd like to esteemed. talk about that a little bit because esteemed. Um, we, we it was actually really cool when we went to the. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Highland Woodworking had their open house, and and mm-hmm. the Lee Nelson event was there. Um, Chris Schwartz was there. It was just Ooh. a blast. I mean, we had we had a bunch of uh, we had a lot of people show up from from uh, from MWA, and um, it was so cool. I mean, there was just there was a couple of kids and stuff in there that was actually with our group that that were getting in there and planning, and you know, it was just very fun to watch. So. Um, you know, yeah. You know, I mean, it, you know, I saw the picture and just, just what an incredible um, experience for these kids. I mean, you know, they they're going to get out there. They're going to like actually meet these really talented woodworkers to get a chance to get a little coaching, a little a little excitement for the craft. And I think that's where the future is going to be. You know, we're going to have to get the kids involved and give them all an opportunity to come on board and try their hand at it. And um, you know, it, it, the kids were always excited. You know, we, we, we've been to uh, Woodworking in America and the Hand Tool Olympics, and whatever the little kids come in, it's like they get a crowd around them. And they're trying, you know, to work the bit brace, or they're trying to use the hand plane. And it, it just really, it's exciting. You know, they get the kids excited about it, jazzed about it. That's how we're going to do it. That's right. how we're going to get the new ones. We're going to have to spread the excitement ourselves. I think we're on our way. I would agree. I, would, I think it's a great week, and you need to do uh, some praise for starting it all. So thank you, Tom. I will tell you this, though. A side effect of this has been that I, I was exhausted at the end of the week, physically beat, because I would spend all the, almost all day. I mean, when I wasn't doing my work at work, I was like in the morning and after work collecting articles and writing stuff and interviewing people. And, you know, at the end of the week, I was like, I don't want to post another thing for like a month. <laughs> So, so, so it's been good to have a couple of days to slow down a little bit and kind of go back to my regular pace, which is still kind of frenetic. But I mean, every day of the week is tough. I'll tell you that. All right, enough of that. Yeah. Enough of that. We have something coming up. Um, we actually, Yami, you'll be participating in. I hope so. Uh, my own Let's schedule is not looking that good for this, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll make it out to Jersey at some point. Um, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend, the twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth. The woodworking shows are going to be in Somerset, New Jersey, which is the mm-hmm. New York regional event. Uh, Andy Chidwick is going to be there all three days, so it really doesn't matter when you go. You're going to hook up with Andy have a great time. Um, but on Saturday morning at 9, I believe the actual event starts at 10, Saturday morning at 9 at the Sunset Diner, which is around the block from the event, and I'll have links for this in the show notes when we publish them after the event is over. Um, Saturday morning, there's going to be a breakfast at 9 for the New Jersey chapter of the MWA. And though I haven't quite talked to them, I'm sure I'm okay in inviting the entire country to come and join them for breakfast at the Sunset Diner. So look up uh, Rusty or Jonathan or any of the other guys over in New Jersey and make sure you uh, you hook up with them and then go to the show, enjoy yourself, and say hi to Andy from everybody at the MWA. And the funny thing about this is within a month from that uh, show at Somerset, the show is going to be in Atlanta and then in Tampa. So within the span of three or four weeks, it's going to be in all three of these cities that we live in. So it's kind of funny to take a look at how things are moving through that whole big movable feast of, of woodworking. It'll, it'll be kind of interesting. I know that uh, Jim Heaty's already emailed and asked about the jambalaya. Um, so <laughs> I guess I'm on the hook again this year, but that's no problem. So we, we can live with that. You know and what else you mentioned? The, yeah. If there's, if there's anybody around that, it's such a fun event to go to. I mean, I really had a good time last year. I, I ended up staying, you know, we, we set up a little booth at it. And, and by the end of the, the couple of days, the three days on it, I would lost my voice literally from just talking you know, to woodworkers. You know, it, it's funny. I mean, last year I was in Tampa at the show and I'm walking around and this guy comes up and goes, Tom, Tom. I'm like, look around like I thought I heard somebody <laughs> money. It turns out it was this woodworker named Eric Rush. And Eric is lives in the Orlando area. And Eric has been reading my blog since day one. 
And the funny thing was, it was the first time we had a chance to meet. And it was so cool. It was, it was, I see his posts. I hear from him all the time. It was so cool to run into him. That is just, cool. You know, we, we shook hands and it was, we, we got a picture. It was my best, my favorite picture of the day was me and Eric because we communicated so many times. And, and, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Um, you know, when we get, when we go back in March in Tampa. So it'll be really, it'll be really cool. So we'll have a good time there. And um, that's, what's cool about so many of these events is that you, you get to put the faces to the names that you've only talked to online. And, and you know, the funny with, with the connectivity online, we've, we know each other so well. Absolutely. I, mean, I know the names of all these people. It's like, Oh, Todd Clippinger. Oh yeah. I know. I know Todd. I know. I know our guest today. The, w- the way I describe to going to an event like Woodworking America is it's very similar to like when I get back together with my friends from college where we only mm-hmm. see each other once or twice a year, but we're instantly right back where we were knowing each other so, oh, so well. And that's yeah. even true to people we've not met in person yet. You know, and that's the thing. It's more like, it's more like almost like a meeting pen pal. Like you hear yeah. about people who used to be pen pals, you know, for 10 years and then suddenly they meet and you knew each other, everything about each other. And it was really cool. You know, this is the same kind of thing, except it's a much wider audience, a more immediate, immediate response. Um, so you, when you see people in the shop and they're asking about, you know, different projects or they, they see something you've built and they comment on it, then actually get together and see people in the, in the flesh. It's, it's a really big deal. And, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of woodworking, you know, cause the online woodworking community is, is a big place and there's a lot of really generous people and a lot of people mm-hmm. who like to, um, you know, like to help each other out. It's, it's the same kind of thing that, you know, that we're into. So we wanted to grow the community so that we're going to do it. And Without any further ado, especially on the special love edition of the Modern Workers Association, it is my pleasure to bring in our special guest. Everybody, if you love the smooth curves of a beautiful hand-carved plane, <laughs> there's somebody I want you to meet who really will get your pulse racing and your palms all sweaty. His name's Scott Meek. Have Scott Meek uh, hand planes and, and Scott welcome. I mean, first of all, wow! Thanks, man. Wow. That was a uh, that was a that was an introduction. Are you, are you, are you a little flush now? Did you need a, did you a moment to I, collect yourself? I, I almost before you got me on, I was I was almost gonna, gonna just uh, just have this and and, and, and do this. You caressed it, yeah. You want to caress that plane? Mm, the curse. That's cool. Sorry, I just um, <laughs> I, uh, I gotta cool. say, I gotta say, week already. <laughs> you you guys need to uh, record even the pre-show, and then release a uh, <laughs> a blooper reel because a special edition. <laughs> the bloopers, yeah. Yeah. you could sell that. It was hilarious. <laughs> you can tell we get a little punchy doing this, Scott. Welcome, thank you. Welcome, Scott. Good to be here. Good to be First here. of all, Scott, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing good. Other than the uh, pit sciatic nerve, I'm. And that's uh, not good. No, I, I'm feeling better today. So. Uh, okay, well, that's improvement's always good. We're getting there. Now, now, Scott, talk to me a little bit about. Let, I mean, let's let's go to the beginning. Yeah. How'd you get involved in woodwork? I'm sure you didn't. I'm the sciatic nerve. I'm sure you didn't get involved because your sciatic nerve hurt. I'm sure I'm sure you didn't get involved starting to build planes off the off off the bat. I mean, how'd you get started? No. Um. Well, my dad's a, a, a general contractor, and uh, up in Michigan, and so I kind of grew up on the job site, going to work with my dad, and and pounding two boards, of two two by fours together, and picking up nails, and you know the whole uh, what you do when you're a kid on the job site, and um, so from that, yeah, I just kind of stayed in that, um, you know, just kind of kept kept doing construction, that mm-hmm. transitioned into uh, doing trim carpentry, I kind of got into that and realized that I enjoyed the, the details of trim carpentry a lot more than anything else. Um, okay. So from trim carpentry, got into building built-in cabinets and cabinetry led to furniture. And you know, when I just was getting into wanting to build furniture and that, that sort of thing, I got into hand tools as well. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly thanks to, to Pop Wood, Popular Woodworking Magazine and Chris Schwartz. And, mm-hmm. and, a, real, you know, a real hand tool advocate. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I was kind of just getting into it when, when Popwood was kind of making that transition to more hand tools. So um, ended up getting a gift certificate and bought a Lee Nielsen number four and uh, couldn't afford a longer plane. I wanted a jack plane type of size and found this book by David Fink called Making and Mastering Wood Planes. 
and I could afford the book, I could afford a blade, and I could afford a chunk of wood. And made my first plane, posted it up on an online forum and uh, talkfestival.com. And one of the guys on there who's kind of well-known in the hand tool collectors, he, he uses them too, but he, he collects a lot of uh, high-end planes, mm-hmm. said he wanted to buy one. And it was like this light bulb went on. I was like, no way. I can sell these. This is excellent. Really? And I, I sold a grand total of three in the first two years. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's just slowly progressed, and I've, I've kind of, I, I like to think that I've gotten better at it, and continue to get better at, it and hope to get better at it tomorrow. So, right, well, talk to me about the process a little bit, Scott. I mean, you know, you, you talk about building a piece of furniture, and you're thinking, okay, I got a mortise and tenon, I got a dovetail. Um, when you're talking about building a, a plane, I mean, there's so many things you have to put into it. You know, the angle, the, uh, the iron, um, how hard, you know, what kind of wood you're going to put on the sole, how you need to shape it so it's easy to grab. I mean, you know, the balance, you know, where the where the mouth is on the plane. I mean, what, what do you what do you think? I mean, what's the process like when you start thinking one up? Well, I mean, one of the one of the nice things is having that book. But mm-hmm. and if if you're at all interested in in making planes. I highly recommend getting the book, and I also highly recommend. I have classes that I'm doing online and 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 out of you know. Tell, tell plug. where you can find it. Uh, well, Scott, if you're going to plug it, plug it right. ScottMeekWoodworks.com, and uh, you just click on the online or uh, the plane making classes tab at the top. Okay. But, um, I think both of those together, because there's there's some th- some things that I could have learned if I'd taken a class as opposed to just reading the book. Uh, the book is a wealth of information. Even if you don't want to make a plane, there's a lot of great information just on using planes and, and wood planes in general. But mm-hmm. the book really helped. Um, you know, and, and even in, in the book, Dave uh, David talks about you know shaping the plane to fit the use. And so that was I, I made a very square, you know, rough, you know, kind of sharp cornered. It was shaped somewhat like my planes are now. Um, mm-hmm. And if it wouldn't tweak something to grab it behind me, I'd grab it. But I still have my first plan. I still use it a lot. Watch the back. Okay, man, don't <clears throat> yeah, hurt exactly. yourself any worse. Okay. Um, but it, the shape just kind of comes with use. And that's why I tell people when I teach a class as well is, you know, r- shape it really rough at first mm-hmm. and oversized to what you think you want and, and just use it. And the use will translate. Your, your hands will tell you, hey, this, this little rough spot right here, this corner here is, is really uncomfortable. And so my, I guess you call it signature shape, just came from use, and um, I've just kind of been perfecting it a little bit more with, with each one I make. And um, you know, now that, especially making a smoother, it's just I don't even have to think about it almost because I just know exactly what that shape needs to be. Now, Scott, is that I'm assuming that shape comes from your use of it. So, do you find that when yeah. customers get the planes, do they need to tweak it a little bit? Is it is it that personalized, or since you're going to well, use the <clears throat> same motion, everyone grabs it, even at different size hands, it still works. With, with the smoother, I have not had any. I haven't had anyone say it, it needs to be a different shape. I'll put it that way. Um, I just I kind of stumbled on something that really works on that. With the with the uh, the joiner planes, um, I've got the uh, more of an asymmetrical shape, mm-hmm. um, and that that one definitely takes some tweaking. And actually, that's one of the things that I'll be hopefully announcing here very soon is um, I, I'm going to start having people measure their hand to tell me how to shape that. You know. Okay. <laughs> I've done a couple shows in the last. Uh, I was at the Lee Nielsen event, and I was at Woodworking in America last year. Um, and then in Atlanta, um, actually talking to Chris Schwartz about it, and and because uh, he had one of the planes that he was using for a few months, and just getting feedback from these guys and and different people using it. Definitely shaping it a little bit thinner for for smaller hands, because I have pretty big hands. But so that's one of the things that I'm going to be. Uh, Introducing soon is, is custom shaped, especially on the bigger planes. When when you say thinner, you would just reduce a little bit more material where the hand goes, or you would actually make the entire thing thinner. Um, a little of both. I, I would make the side walls, and I know I'm showing images for the people who are listening to this later, but um, so I apologize. But the side walls will be a little bit little bit thinner, and then the uh, I can the way the shape is, I can make that. Thinner. I can I can decrease so the size of the. You've got like a little protrusion that comes up that you can wrap your hand around, get yeah. it in between yep. your thumb and your and your forefinger yep. that knee yep. part and yeah. push. And I remember during uh, one of your demonstrations, Emily Bonham, uh, one of the online woodworkers out there, uh, she was holding it. And she was really happy. Well, she's like she has enormous hands though. 
<laughs> he's still, I mean, smaller than Scott's. I mean, but 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 the thing was, it was you know, also being a left-hander. Yeah. You know, that was awkward yeah. for her to grab the right-handed plane and try to, you know, so I imagine you'd have a lot of customization when you talk about somebody left versus right. Yeah, and I do I do modify them for left-handed. I, I need to get one. I'll, I'll have an actual left-handed one at the next... Uh, at the next um, show, you never can tell. Someone walk up at the left-handed. You gotta, you gotta show yeah, it off. Gotta show it off. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So. Now, when you when you talk oh, about definitely, you, you know, I mean, me, yeah. me being left-handed, I was using both planes. So, and you know, but I'm left-handed, so it's much more difficult for me to use. So, yeah. One of the but coolest things with uh, with Chris Schwartz. Oh, I'm sorry, I talked to her. No, no, um, go for it. One of the coolest things with Chris Schwartz. Don't hear me talk. Don't want to hear you. <laughs> was. Uh, I got there at Highland this last weekend, or weekend before, whenever it was. I lost track of time, but um, watching him use the plane, he uh, he held it completely differently than I hold. And he said every person that came into the shop and used it held it differently. And I thought that fascinating. Everyone everyone liked the way that they held it differently. So um, it definitely holds it. It lends itself to, to different handholds, I guess. I guess if you're looking at you know when you look at when you look at a, a regular iron plane you know you buy a plane out of Lee Neeson or or, uh, or Veritas you know it's kind of intuitive you you grab the handle you grab the knob you you kind of push when you get yeah. something that doesn't have a handle per se you know then you're trying to figure out your best way to put your hands on it and yeah. I mean obviously you don't want to send an instruction book like here's how you grab it but right. you know I think that's these different variations. I think that is one of the things that kind of adds a benefit to wooden planes, in my opinion, is, is there isn't one correct way to hold a wooden plane. And if I'm doing a lot of planing, especially with my smoother and my jack, it, it doesn't have the horn shape like my joiners do, but um, if I'm doing a lot of planing, I will switch up and I'll do a pull stroke with it. Mm-hmm. So that, like a Japanese style, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it works great either way, and, and that just, you know, you don't get, you don't wear out as... as much with different muscle groups, and you can't do that with any metal body plane that I know. Of. So that is kind of a one of the benefits I find of a wood body plane. Okay. Now, I mean, I mean, there is a different dynamic when you go from a from a metal plane, uh, you know, your your Veritas, your old uh, Stanley Bailey's, things like that, versus a wooden plane, and it is a different feel. I mean, I've, I've used Japanese planes, I used the EC Emmerich planes, um, mm-hmm. the ones that wooden with the horn. Um, I even made my own plane. Once yeah. and uh, you know it, it's a different feel. It's a different sensation. What, what? How would you describe? How would you describe the comparison for somebody who hasn't used a wooden plane? Um, tactile feedback and since it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, intimacy. Yeah, um, baby, <laughs> it's a special love edition. Um, in all seriousness, so the tactile feedback is completely different, and you just feel exactly how the the plane is cutting. Um, I know exactly when there's tear. And so I noticed. You can feel through the body. You can feel through the body, and it's it's due to the the mass. You've got a lot more mass, even though it doesn't weigh as much as maybe a metal body plane. The mass is is translating that. Uh, I guess the the vibrations and the friction. Um, okay. And then intimacy, because the way you have to adjust a metal body plane is with a mallet. So you're adjusting the blade back and forth. You're hitting the body to pull the blade back. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of forces you to be to be more in tune with how the tool works, and as you use it more often, you you know that plane a lot more, and you know exactly how. Well, if I hit it this hard, it's going to adjust the blade this much. So, there, there there's an important point that was brought up by Toshio Dade a few years ago. Um, I was at a seminar he was delivering, and he was talking about you know you you get the metal body planes that've got like 56 parts. And you've got micro adjustment knobs and all this stuff. But he was he was he was talking about you know just just like four parts on a Japanese plane, similar to a wooden plane like that. Yeah. And it's and it's but the other nine hundred ninety four parts are all your hearing, your feel, your touch. Absolutely, absolutely. The way you move, it, it's it's a much more it, it it's it's more intimate, yeah, yeah, experience with the plane. Yeah. Even when I'm yeah. when I'm teaching someone how to set the blade. I tell them to listen to the tonal change when you're hitting the wedge. And the biggest mistake people make is they try to whale the wedge and, and smack in place. Well, A, that can split your, your cross pin. Um, mm-hmm. It can just do damage. And you don't need to. It, it should be so finely set 
that you only have to do a couple light taps. And you can literally hear a tonal change of two blocks of wood being hit together and one block of wood being hit. And it, when you're when you're attuned to that, it really aids in your ability to set the point. So, Scott, I, I think I'm understanding the, the differences, but if you're switching from a steel plane to a wooden plane, how steep a learning curve is it? Is somebody who's familiar with their steel planes going to easily pick up a wood plane, or is it going to be like starting I think so. over? No, I don't think it's like starting over at all. I think anyone that has used a plane, um, a wood plane is going to feel even more natural. Um, now, that said, if you've never used any planes and you start with a wood plane, you're going to probably pick up the little, uh, some of the little details a little bit quicker, but you're not going to have a, a learning curve of, well, I can't even figure this out. I think the biggest learning curve is setting the blade, and that's just with, you know, uh, learning how hard to hit the blade, the plane to adjust the blade or hitting the blade. But I think a, a good yeah, and, and I was going to say, use, I mean, that's and and that's one of the things I was going to say. When when you 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 really, I think the hardest part on a, on a wooden and what makes people so uncomfortable is the fact that they can't just you know, set a micro adjustment on the iron. So there's a little bit of uh, apprehension from people for that. But on the on the actual planing, once it's it's um, once the plane's set up, you know, the the thing that I've you know, I've got both. I use a wooden sometimes and I use a metal sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. but the 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 metal plane there's there's something about they, they they're slippery is a good you know, is what I feel. You know, they they they'll slide around on it where the the wooden body like you said you know the tactile where it really kind of registers and and it just you your your control feels like you have more control over it it doesn't feel like it just skips or or glides across yeah absolutely um one of the things that i've i found is when i grab one of my, i've got i've still got a couple of metal body planes that i'll use once in a while but very rarely and that's just because you know, granted, I sell them, I make them, and, and the more I make, the more I love them. But there's just something about the way that it's held that just, it feels better to me. And it, it does so what, cut down on personal preference. It, it, what it does. planes do you have available now? Uh, well, sizes? I've got a... Uh, yeah, just different sizes. <clears throat> yeah, I've got a, a block plane that's about six and a half inches long. Uh, really good for one-handed use or two-handed use, either way. Um, I've got a uh, smoothing plane. Available in multiple different configurations and woods. Excuse me. Um, I've got a jack plane. Uh, it's about 16 inches long. I'm also getting ready to introduce, to just add another level of jack plane that's going to be around 12, 13 inches long. Mm -hmm. um, I just found that's a good, a nice size for smaller stuff. I've got a 28-inch joiner and a 36-inch joiner as well. So Three feet long? Three feet long. You can use the 36 as a baseball bat. It can be used uh, as a home protection. Ball, car with. Right. <laughs> leave leave well, it so on your... Take a rock and lift your car up. <laughs> leave it on your yeah. uh, gun rack in your car if you're in the south. It's driving around. That's right. Now, now just, just a couple of, you know, we've, we've spoken about a couple of things, and for those watching, just, uh, you know, we've mentioned wooden plane, a Japanese-style plane like this works on a pole. You pull toward you. There are commercial wooden planes. Uh, There's the Emmerich I had mentioned earlier. Uh, I mean, this is kind of a horned thing. And, Scott, I think you might be thoroughly impressed and you might want to offer the line of trained shot monkey planes. Um, the Ooh. exhibit A right here, it was built a few years ago with Hawk Blade, Hawk Iron, um, out of Bobinga. Do you call them snubby? Snubby. It's kind of snub-nosed. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, look at it. It's just a, it. This is the greatest invention ever known man, right here. And it's this beautiful thing right here. Um, how bad did I do? <laughs> You did fine. Hey, you made a plane. Does it work? Um, yes, it does, as a matter of fact. Well, there you go. Against all odds. There you go. It's almost like a Pinewood Derby car. When you think about it, right? <laughs> right, <Deanna>? <laughs> <laughs> you bring it over my shop. We'll put some weights in the back. You're going you're gonna to kick ass. There you go. It's, it, in all seriousness, when my kids get to the point of doing Pinewood Derbies, I will be shaping one like this. <laughs> now, granted, it'll run backwards. But uh, <laughs> it's more aerodynamic. This thing. No, no impact on but, it. It's uh, too small. <laughs> hey, sure. We we fight for the best. I've got a dent in the top of that plane. I don't know how I got. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's that's my smoother right there. Just to give you an idea of the the handhold shape, different handholds. Now, when you're doing it with one hand, this, is this the block plane is the one you can do with one hand, right? Not the smoother. Yeah. The smoother is always a two-handed. Yeah, you you could use a smoother one-handed, um, but 
I like two handed. You get better control. Yeah. You have to have bigger yeah. hands to yeah. use a 36 inch joint with one. <laughs> <laughs> the so thing is, though, hands. you can actually yeah. use the longer, when you get a longer plane started because of the mass, and that's a beautiful thing about these longer planes, is the mass just it, it carries it through the cut. So with that longer plane, once you're started, you can use it with one hand, and especially with the way that handhold is. You can just keep one hand on it and keep going. Now, now Scott, you you know, we're talking know, now we're talking wooden planes, Scott. Now, obviously, there are some woods that are more suited toward plane making than others. For instance, I don't think you want to build a pine hand plane, nor would, would you want to build one out of ebony. I, or would you? Ebony would be cool, but it would be a, a waste of a lot of wood. You don't need it. Okay. okay. Um, you just don't need well, that heavy of a plane. Well, what what kind of what kind of woods do you do you prefer? I mean, um, you know, if you'll notice, you know, with the with the Emirish, it's got a you know horn beam and then birch. I mean, do you do you do yeah. level planes like that? I do. Uh, I'll do a, an applied sole on my planes. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the ways that I that I um, kind of differentiate on, on my planes is you can get a plane with it's all one solid wood. Like this is my mesquite smoother. Um, mesquite is my absolute favorite wood. For a mesquite, or for a smoother, or a um, a block plane. Um, unfortunately, you can't get big enough sizes for longer planes. So, okay, and it's tough enough to get sizes for that big. Um, if you could get the bigger sizes, would you be your favorite for any plane? Oh, it would be my, it would be my favorite across the board if I could get longer stuff. But it would just be atrocious. Um, and and why it, it is, just that? Had, is it because the stability of it? A couple of reasons. It doesn't usually grow very big. Uh, most mesquite is just small scrubby uh, bushes mm-hmm. and when it does grow big um, it's got a lot of pockets and voids and um, like mesquite will literally pick up dirt and sand and, and rocks as it grows so you'll you can find a rock in the middle of the tree it's it's kind of a crazy crazy wood um, uh, but yeah because of those voids and because it just doesn't grow real big and it kind of grows scraggly it, it's hard to get in bigger sizes probably my favorite wood all around for any for all planes in general, mm-hmm. is white oak. Um, really? And the more that I use it, the more I love it. Uh, white oak, huh? Yeah, this is this guy here, the 28-inch, is a white oak. Um, white oak with, with African blackwood. And that's that's actually what I meant to say. I do, you know, because we, we got talking about uh, soles. Okay. So the way I the way I offer it is, is uh, you can upgrade to different uh, species for the cross pin and wedge and either uh, a full sole on the smaller planes or a mouth insert. On the longer ones. Okay. So this is African blackwood on this plane, but which is also my favorite. It's just really, really tough to work, but it's really, 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 really tough. Um, but the white oak is is phenomenal, especially when I can get old growth. Like this was a, a barn post, and mm. the density of it and the weight. Um, you know, it's been cut down for over a hundred years. This has got some checking. I don't know if it's showing up on here, but it's got some checking yep. on the side. The the checking happened a hundred years ago. <laughs> you know, mm. so. It, it has not moved. I have not had to read through that soul. It just, it, it's solid. You know, and again, you know, it, it's funny you bring up white oak because I, I remember, what, again, from Toshio uh, Odate's uh, presentation that all Japanese uh, body planes are all made out of white oak. Yep. And that, yep. you know, people have tried other kinds of woods and they doesn't have the flexibility and the strength of the white yep. oak. So, and the other it thing really that you said and one thing, the other thing you said was that you should be able for one blade to be able to use five bodies for it. So you should be able to wear through five bodies before you need a new blade. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good question I think we should lead into. How about wear on your wooden planes? I mean, you know, you've got tough woods you're looking for, but, I mean, eventually there's going to be wear, right? Yeah, and there's kind of a misnomer about wear on a wood plane. Mm-hmm. The wearing on a wood plane comes from two things. It wears mostly... At the mouth area, so that's why I do. You know, if you upgrade the the wedge and cross pin and, and mouth insert, I do a hard you know hardwoods on that. Um, so it wears right in front of the blade. But more than anything, the wear quote unquote on a plate on a plane is the retruing of the sole when the temperature or humidity changes. Okay. Um, so ideally, and and this is going to sound like a total salesman gimmick, Um, I'm just trying to sell more planes, but ideally... That's why we have you on. (laughs) It's okay. Ideally, people would buy a plane that was made in the summer, and they'd buy a plane that was made in the winter. And Or if you're making a plane, especially, make one in the summer, make one in the winter, so that then 
at each seasonal change, you just go back to when you get to the spring and late spring, switch to your summer plane. And when you get back into the late fall and it's drying out, switch to your winter plane. And you won't have to remove as much material off the sole from, from wood movement. Hmm. So most of the wear comes from having to retrieve the sole. Okay, so basically when, when, when you've got the warmer temperatures, the, the sole could warp, it could, it could expand, it could, it could change yeah, um, yeah. shape. And then when it dries out in the winter, it, it, could, it could contract. And change yeah. as well, correct? You like yeah. the hand. I, I think. I think for our listeners, you missed the whole hand thing. Trying to <laughs> well, the hand it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, 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 one of these days, you'll figure that out. Um, now, as far as irons, um, you know, obviously, you're not out there uh, making your own irons. Um, where, no, where, I don't feel like irons? being a wood metal worker. Uh, I get my irons from Ron Hawk. Hawk Tools. He, he's he's already set up. He knows what he's doing, and uh, the I know crown you guys have of plain irons. Absolutely. I know you guys had him on what, a few months ago. Yeah. Wonderful. He's yeah. a great guy. Um, yeah. If you're going to buy a, a replacement blade or making your own plane, buy a Hawk. Can't recommend it. It's funny. I've got, a, I've got a Hawk right here on the Babinga Beauty right there. You, there. there you, you can go. see it on the radio, too. Now, did you did you make that from one of Ron's kits? Um, no, actually. I um, Ron had sent me plans that somebody had drawn up. Okay. And um, and and I, I worked with um with uh, Bell Forest Products. They I said, look, I need I need a good a hardwood to use, and they'd recommended the Babinga because it's heavy and it's also very yeah. dense and and tough. It's and, like you. Uh, I was able. It, uh, dense. <laughs> That's the word that describes me. Dense, just yeah, like tough. Heavy too. <laughs> dense and heavy. You got, tough. To, I don't know about. It. But yeah, but it was it was the thing. You know, they mentioned the whole cross pin, and, and it turns out that the plan he had had some sort of pivoting cross pin, and he said just get a dowel and put it in. So you can just drive it in. Yeah, I and, teach both ways. And and the amazing thing was. I thought that building a tool was going to be so exacting it was going to be outside of my reach. And I'll tell you, you know, if you haven't done it, it's not as tough as you think. And, you know, as somebody who can guide you, like like Ron with the plans or, or Scott, I mean, you can build your own. And it's really cool because yeah. then you're like, I built it, and I'm building something with it. And, so it's, and once, you, yeah, once you know how to make one, you can make any. And and that's kind of a cool thing too. Is you can make a plane to match whatever you're trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, and that's why I started doing the classes because you know, there's more than one group of woodworkers. There's a group of woodworkers that I don't want to spend time making planes. So you know mm -hmm. they're the ones that are going to buy a plane. But then there's the guys that I'm not. Why would I buy a plane I can make? And and that's why I started doing the classes online. So you know you're right. You know not everyone's going to buy a plane. Um, but you know, I've learned a few things making planes for over three years now that that hopefully I can pass on to, to other people. And and some people just don't don't want to just read a book; they want that one-on-one -on -one instruction. That's it's got to be very valuable in making the plane that to be able to show you and talk to you and yeah, do, and get over a lot of hurdles that they'd have to figure out on their own and probably yeah. need multiple planes to learn. And you know, well, I mean, I, I, you know, just being able to be guided by somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. I mean, yeah. it cuts a tremendous amount of that learning curve right down. That's my hope. And then whenever anyone takes a class with me, basically it's an, it's an open-door policy. Um, as long as I'm around, they can email me questions, you know, five years down the road and say, hey, I'm making a, I'm making a jack plane now, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember some of the stuff, and I'll give them a refresher or, or whatever. Um, so How long are the classes, all, Scott? Uh, the class is about four sessions between hour and a half to three hours. I actually haven't hit three hours yet. Usually it's uh, the the final two classes of the session end up being around two to two and a half. The first two end up being about one and a half to two. Those those times are determined by the steps of the build process you're going through? Yeah, and the way it works is most of the class is demonstration. Uh, I, I, I encourage people to have their computer in their shop um, so they can follow along with some of the steps. But most of the steps are happen... happen um, and homework. Uh, when they sign up for a class, they get access to the. Um, I've got a Google Drive account. They can they can view all of the drawings, and uh, I've got a question and answer uh, time on there, um, so people can ask questions. And then those questions always stay in there for every class. So all the questions that have built up on the last three classes are still there. So it's a, it's a resource for anybody who takes the class. Absolutely. Yep. Now, you'd, you'd mentioned that they can email you after the fact. Do students have access to that information ongoing, or once the class is done? They... Yeah, they, they always have access to it. Okay. Yep. 
Okay. I want to I want to jump back to uh, what we were talking about with the movement of the planes, and you were talking about summer and winter and less truing. With your building them in the southeast, do you have an issue where when they get shipped to other parts of the country, they go through some movement and some readjustment? Yeah, and depending on where it goes, they're definitely going to. And, and I send a full like two sheets of instructions with with the plane. So um, I recommend that people when they first get it, you know, use it. Tom, are you taking shavings? Yes, I am. Excellent. Um, <laughs> Someone's got it. <laughs> now, I've, I've not been able to use a plane in a week and a half because of my back. It's pissing me off. I'm. I, yeah. Anyway, um, so. What was the question again? <laughs> but no, that's that's a good question from Diami on that. Is there a time period too? Where yeah, the point, I, yeah, I tell people to take a week. Uh, just, just about movement it, with with different. Yeah, I, I tell people to take a week and let it acclimate to their shop, um, at least a week, and and check the sole. Um, you know, I, I tell them try it when you get it because it's it will be set up. It it comes with a shaving. The last shaving I take with it, I wrap that thing in shrink wrap. And it, it gets shipped out, so it's it comes with a shaving in it, ready to take a cut. So I tell you, take some take some shavings with it. But um, this would be better if you had one of my planes, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Sorry. I'm just saying. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, you're missing. <laughs> Tom's Tom's making his uh, plane his Valentine. I think. It's the special love edition. <laughs> I understand that love, man. I really do. Um. So, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. You lost your train of thought. <laughs> All right. Well, 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 Scott. We're, I, you know, we're getting close to getting it wrapped up and stuff. And uh, that's right. Hey, Scott. Um, Scott. I, I, I did mention before you you came on. I mentioned a little bit with you guys coming down here, and uh, and I just mentioned a little bit about there was there was a young girl, and it was actually a girl and her brother. But I will say that the girl jumped in first thing and grabbed one of the uh which one did she grab scott was it the 28 it was, inch it was the, a 36 inch joiner or was it let's go big or go it was a 36 it was inch the 36 wasn't it yep yep this little girl yeah i mean she's this little bitty tiny girl probably nine years old or something and grabs this big 36 inch joiner and and she says i'll do it and just jumps right in there and, and you know she's struggling so <laughs> chris schwartz gets behind her and helps her kind of push it through and she went through like once and then stepped back. I said, no, 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 wait a minute. I've got to take pictures of that. And uh, and she the just best... jumped right in, and uh, that was so cool. It was awesome because the best part about that picture, because I was behind behind this, you know, watching it, and, right. and the picture from the front, the smile on her face, the uh, smile on Chris's face, and all of our faces behind, uh, behind them was like, it was pure joy. Everyone was just like, this is amazing. This is cool. So that was pretty awesome to see. Uh, oh, it tickled everybody, that little girl up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then her brother tried it. None of the adults wanted to, though. <laughs> I was proud of her. She's like, I'll do it. Chris Askew wanted to try it out, and she just stepped right up. No fear. Oh, 100%. She jumped right in there. Yep. Why not? What was it? I think um, uh, Wilbur Pan posted, posted actually, uh, a, a, that same. He took that picture I, I took and, and posted it, and it said... Um, how to get kids how into woodwork? Said it said, uh, yeah, how to get kids into woodwork and edit. get a tool, get right. some wood, <laughs> get a kid get started or something, yeah. and get right. a kid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was it. I've uh, yeah, it's way in the back there. Um, I've actually made a purple heart plane for my daughter, and it's a little block plane size, and and she loves mm-hmm. it. So I I actually have a couple of videos up of her using my planes on on Sweet. my YouTube channel. Hey, that's where it's all at, man. Yep. That's really where it's all at. Yep. Scott, if people want to find out more about the planes, man, what, what do they go? What do they do? ScottMakeWoodworks.com and click on Woodbody Planes. Oh, yeah. And you're going to be in love with the planes. Absolutely. Damn, oh, and then Scott. I'm, I'm hoping to be at a few different uh, – got to nail down the details. But I'm going to be at a few other Lee Nielsen hand tool events coming up um, later in the year, uh, probably as we get into May and April. Um, so – I'll uh, I'll be announcing all that on my website and in my newsletter, which people can sign up for on my website as well. Sweet. And uh, yeah, I've got a couple new planes coming out this year that uh, I'm excited about, and and a couple that I talked to Chris about that he recommended that I should make. That uh, I'm not going to announce what those are yet, but can't wait to uh, 
to get those into into production. So uh, even wanting more. Hey, yep. you know what? On one post I wrote on my blog a couple months ago, I mentioned that you were the renowned plane maker, Scott Meek, and I wasn't lying. <laughs> you do awesome work, buddy, and and I can't Thanks, thank man. you enough for coming on tonight. Hey, take care of that back, will you? I will. Yeah, definitely. Will. Rest up. Yeah, rest up. We need to keep you healthy so you can keep making I these beautiful to, planes. I need to get make get back to making plane shavings. So. <laughs> yeah, I, you better. Yeah. The problem is I, I, made the, I made the mistake of, of I took a couple days off, and I was so sick of just sitting there that I came down and literally moved a wall in my shop <laughs> and uh, and just way overworked myself after sitting for two two days or yeah two or three days and now go I'm slow bad, so come back go slow yeah. come back yeah scott. that wasn't a good idea <laughs> or just don't scott. stop yeah don't stop <laughs> can't stop scott thank you brother thanks, thanks for, for coming me, guys thanks guys have to keep you on okay take care what what a visit what a visit and i've made a fool of myself in the entire blog but that's okay we can live so with it's like every other episode yeah seriously what's new it's, it's the way we work it's just the way we work. All right, everybody. Um, there's uh, uh, before we went to Scott, I saw some things in the chat. Uh, Diami, you wanted to mention something about uh, a couple of dates coming up. Yeah, I, I meant to mention this earlier uh, when we were talking with Megan Fitzpatrick uh, a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the that they've announced the dates for Woodworking in America, which have escaped me right now, but it's going to be sometime in October, I believe, and. Um, Fine Woodworking has just announced the dates for Fine Woodworking Live. So that's going to be August 8th through 11th, and this year it's going to be in New Haven, Connecticut. So at this point, both of the big conferences have announced dates, and they're just teasing us, and tickets aren't on sale for anything yet. But oh, guys should start blocking out their calendars. They're both events that are going to be fantastic. And don't okay, forget, just you so you know, here are the, here are the dates. Everybody mark, everybody mark your calendar. Here are the dates. The Weekend with Wood, the brand-new Weekend oh, yes. with Wood. From Wood Magazine. It's coming up May 17th through the 19th in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. It's going to be at the headquarters of Wood Magazine. Publications of Wood, Wood Magazine. Uh, Fine Woodworking Live is going to be August 8th through 11th in New Haven, Connecticut at the Southern Connecticut State University, right in the uh, grounds. And of course, uh, Woodworking in America is going to be taking place in Covington, Kentucky on October 18th through the 20th, just across the Ohio River from Cincinnati. So, um, you know, these are these are bigger, these are much bigger events. They're weekend trips for most of us, unless you're fortunate to live in the area for one of them. Um, but but definitely, if you, you can get over there, I mean, these are big summit-type events. You get people in from around the country. The woodworking shows are great, but typically they just draw from your local area. Um, but these are big summit events where you see people from all around the country coming in. So if you get a chance to go to one of them, all three of them, please let us know. I'm jealous as heck if you get to all three of them. That's not good, but, you know. <laughs> they are it. all going to be great events, and I'm sure we'll have somebody from the MWA at all of them. So yes, just go and enjoy and talk to the other woodworkers. And, and please report back what you know, okay, because we want to hear more about it. And that just about is going to wrap up tonight's show. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to wrap it up, and I'm going to tell you that I'm the trained Tom Iavino, the trained shop monkey for Tom'sWorkbench.com, and you can find me at Tom's Workbench on the Twitters. Chris, where do people find you? Um, Chris Atkins, and you can find me at HighRockWoodworking.com, or you can find me on Twitter at HighRockWW, and there's like W. W. 20 other places that you can probably find me lingering. Google Plus and Facebook and yeah, just just look for the Chris Atkins and you'll you'll you can't miss them. And Diami, <laughs> um, tell me more about you and where we can find you. Where we can, where we can meet you. Well, I I like to lurk at at, <laughs> at penultimatewoodshop.com. I try to post there a couple times a week, and then uh, I can always be found on the Twitters at Diami Plotke, D-Y-A-M-I-P-L-O-T-K-E. All right, and I'm going to do my best Barry White impersonation as a read us out. If you want to find out more about the Modern Workers Association, be sure to visit Modern Workers Wood modernwoodworkersassociation.com for up-to-the-minute happenings in the many different chapters where you can sensuously follow us on Twitter at MWA underscore national. 
Did you say they could you. sensually follow us? Sensually follow us. It'll be you know, you know, very well, it was supposed to be smooth, Tom. I, I, I don't know, know how smooth I was, uh, that was. It's smooth, baby. And if you want to start a chapter of your own with your good friends and pals in the neighborhood, just click on the Join MWA tab on the top. And remember, membership is free. But the love lives on. Thank you very much and make happy sawdust, folks. <laughs>